Freestyle Travel. Hey everybody, this is the Freestyle Travel Show and I'm your host Kenny Plenary. This episode is going to be about hitchhiking in the USA, which I've done quite a bit of over the years and I've been out of the country most of this year, but I've been back here for the last month or two. So yeah, just felt like a cool thing. I'll try to cover uh, a lot of regions, a lot of routes, just kind of give some of my experience and uh, experience relayed to me from other people who've been hitchhiking around this country. Uh, Yeah, that's what we're going to get into, but I'll catch you up on my most recent hitching and travels. Uh, Last episode, if you listen to that, was uh, surprising my friend Mark in New York City. And I spent like about a week there in New York. Uh, with Mark and with a bunch of friends, actually, a bunch of friends who live in the city, and there's some people actually visiting as well, I uh, caught up with. Uh, good time, as always. Went to a lot of spots I really like, a uh, few new spots, uh, brewery up in the Bronx, for example, some other, other good beer spots and places in general, a little DMT on a rooftop, <laughs> all kinds of stuff that's going on up there. Uh, but then, because I got the flight from Ireland to Providence uh, months ahead of time, I was able to get some Megabus tickets uh, ahead of time as well. Uh, Megabus is like a somewhat regional bus company. You can get tickets for a dollar. This isn't an ad or anything. Kind of sounds like one. Uh, but you can get tickets for a dollar if you book way in advance. Uh, real short-ish routes. Like, you can't really go super far on Megabus, but... I got uh, just a bunch of tickets, some I didn't even use because they were just like a buck. Um, But one of those tickets I did use was from New York to D.C. So I got that one, arrived in D.C. in the middle of the night kind of, and I already had another dollar bus ticket from D.C. to Fayetteville. It's kind of what I was saying, you can't really get straight tickets on Megabus all the way. So two different tickets. And the reason for going to Fayetteville, North Carolina, is uh, my brother lives on the coast of North Carolina now. And I want to go see him. So I arrived in Fayetteville early-ish in the day and hitched on to my brother's place, which was like a two or three hour drive. Um, so it wasn't wasn't too hard of a hitchhike to get there to see him. Uh, kind of some interesting rides on the way there. I got a ride from like a lineman, uh, a guy who works on power lines, or he used to until he like busted his ass falling. <laughs> But he'd been in the business for like 20 or 30 years. He had some kind of crazy stories about working around uh, Louisiana after Katrina and uh, staying at these hotels where the strippers would come to them, like dancing on the hoods of cars and stuff and just crazy debauchery. Uh, he really liked that lifestyle, but now, yeah, he can't really do it so much anymore. Uh, I got another ride that day from a guy who used to be in uh, freak shows. I uh, did like sword swallowing and stuff like that. He would talk about like going to bars because, you know, this is like a traveling circus essentially. And they'd be in one spot for like a week or three weeks or something. Sometimes they'd go to a bar. He told me one story that there's some people at the bar. They're like, oh, you're the freaks from the show. Like, that's not real. You're definitely not swallowing swords. So he'd make like a hundred bucks on a bar bet. <laughs> go grab like a pool cue and like swallow the pool cue. And then I go, damn make a hundred bucks that way uh yeah kind of an interesting interesting dude uh but yeah i got to my brother's and i hung out with him for uh, several days just uh catching up we brewed some beer it's this imperial campfire stout that we love to brew love brewing on the road 
of brewing with my brother. So uh, that was pretty cool. And yeah, mostly just hanging out. And then my next idea, our plan, I guess, was to go to see a friend in Mississippi, in Biloxi. And another Megabus ticket that I'd gotten uh, was from Atlanta to Mobile. And I had sort of looked ahead thinking like that might be a ticket I could use to save me a little bit of hitchhiking. And I left like a day before the ticket. Um, and I got only as far as um, just, yeah, I was still in Georgia. And actually spent a night. I had a friend where I landed in, by nightfall. So just had a good night uh, catching up with him and another friend of his drinking some good beers, catching up. He'd uh, done the Colorado Trail. So he was telling me stories about hiking that and uh, the hitchhike back. Uh, his first real big hitchhike across the country, Colorado, uh, getting on back towards Georgia. And yeah, so that was like a pretty good night. And I got a really early start the next day. Like I was, he had to go to work early, which worked out for me as well because I was on the on-ramp trying to get to Atlanta uh, like 6 a.m., still dark before sunrise even. And the bus ticket that I had was at 11.30 a.m. And I was about two hours driving time to Atlanta. So I really thought I had a pretty good chance to make it there. I mean, what is what is that, like five and a half hours to go to with not a lot in between. Uh, I really thought I had a good chance to make it, but it was just a, a slow morning. So I got a few rides and then I got to the point where I was like, yeah, definitely not going to make it. And then uh, a truck pulled over in the shoulder of the road, like way far ahead, far enough ahead where I didn't even know if he had actually stopped for me or not. Uh, but finally made it up to him. Sure enough, this guy had stopped for me and he was going towards Montgomery in Alabama. And by the time we rolled into Atlanta, it like was 1130 and he wasn't even close to where the bus was going to be. So uh, yeah, I missed that kind of free ride essentially. It would have gotten me to Mobile by that late afternoon. Uh, so it was a little bit of a bummer, but at the same time, at least he was going through Atlanta and all the way to Montgomery. So that was another two or three hours uh, past it, because at that point I was going to have to hitch all the way. So did that, cruised with him, uh, caught up on some sleep as well, which was kind of nice. Uh, he was on the phone a lot, and eventually he, he just said, if you want to go to sleep in the back, that's cool. So I caught up on some missed sleep from the night before. And yeah, caught some more rides, didn't quite make it all the way to Bloxy where I was heading that day, but uh, yeah, made some pretty good progress, and by the next day, I caught a bunch more rides and uh, got on down there to Bloxy, met up with my friend there, and hung out in Bloxy for pretty much the past week I was down there, just uh, hanging out, talking about lots of ideas, and stuff that I'm going to be doing going forward. Probably have more to talk about here in January about some of that. Uh, lots of ideas floating around. Uh, and yeah, now I've started making my way towards Memphis, which was pretty much the main reason for me being in the United States right now at all, actually. I've got a good friend getting married there uh, this Sunday. I'm recording this on a Friday. So... Uh, I got, I got a ride, uh, up to Jackson, Mississippi. I got here yesterday 
and yeah, had a, found a couch surfer here that I stayed with last night, and I'm in his guest room right now recording this. So we caught up at this like cigar or beer spot in Jackson called Hops and Habanas. If you're ever in Jackson, Mississippi, it's a pretty cool spot actually. And they had like 24 beers on tap and big human walk-in humidor, plenty of cigars to choose from, and then also plenty of fridges for with to-go beer that I assume you could probably drink there too. Uh, unexpected good spot. We might uh, hit a brewery later too. Maybe the only brewery in town, the only one that came up in uh, Google Maps, Lucky Town. So gotta check that out. And then tomorrow morning, I'm gonna get as early of a start as I can and hitch on up to Memphis and let all these wedding shenanigans begin. So I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, and then maybe go to Nashville, Indianapolis, what's looking like, and make my way out west. I got some stuff going on in Wyoming. I'm sure to catch you up on in the episodes to come. So yeah, that's uh, all caught up with what I've been doing lately. And yep, so let me just jump into uh, hitchhiking in the USA. Like I said, I've done quite a bit of it. So if you have been or are thinking about hitchhiking around this country, uh, listen up. Hitchhiking in the USA. This country is freaking huge. Uh, I looked it up. I think I mentioned this uh, in an earlier episode, but I looked up driving directions from, I think, Edinburgh, somewhere in Scotland to Istanbul. And then I looked up driving directions from Seattle to Miami. And Seattle to Miami is 10 hours longer by car to drive. So basically, the United States to 48 is about the same size as Europe, but it's just one country. And it's still diverse. I mean, obviously in Europe, you're, you're switching languages here and there and, uh, currency from time to time, different cultures, but United States, you don't get as drastic of changes like that, but you certainly do with uh, the scenery and the geography and to an extent, the mentality of people, uh, and on a general level is different in different patches of the U.S., which uh, can make it a little different. Hitchhiking or what you can expect can be a little bit different. Uh, like anywhere else, hitchhiking is typically easier in places where there's outdoor stuff going on, beautiful places, mountain towns, for example, especially mountain towns because there's a lot of people who will hitchhike just to go skiing this you know locals are to get back to their car after kayak and uh things like that so people are more used to seeing it uh big hiking trails the appalachian trail the pct uh people are used to seeing hikers out there trying to hitchhike to or from town to resupply so it's it's pretty easy to get picked up in places like that so you can make general statements like hitchhiking in colorado is real easy um or yeah anywhere near those bigger trails national parks for example pretty easy there's a lot of national parks in this country i've heard it's technically illegal to hitchhike in national parks i don't know if that's totally true but like many laws in this world it also doesn't really matter um because yeah it's easy just to play dumb or just know that most of the time those sort of things aren't going to get enforced 
I'll talk about interstates here in a second, and that's another thing. Walking on interstates in some states is illegal. Most states, actually. It's illegal to walk on the major interstates. But again, sometimes you kind of have to. Uh, if you're in the middle of nowhere, it's better to be on the interstate where all the traffic can see you and potentially pull over versus waiting on an on-ramp where to one car an hour is getting on. And, you know, most police are sympathetic. They see what you're doing, and they might come on strong. Uh, they usually give you a pass if you play kind of dumb or grateful. And a lot of times you should be grateful. I, I don't know, I've gotten like a 40-mile ride one time from a cop from the Grand Canyon to Flagstaff. Uh, I've gotten plenty of rides from cops, actually. Sometimes to the next exit, or sometimes they say to the next exit, but then you're like kind of carry on. They've taken me a few exits up to a, a better spot, to like a truck stop, for example. So, you know, there's difference between laws on the books and you know, the discretion of police to you know, enforce those laws versus just keep the peace, have a good time. So, yeah, the interstates are the fastest way to, to get around the U.S., basically. I know some people like to hitch back roads or non-highways just out of principle or for kicks or whatever. But uh, in general, the, the highway system in the U.S. is, is pretty good. And uh, there you can move pretty fast, especially at west. There's a little more distance between some of the bigger cities where it's more congested in the northeast, for example, or... New York, Philly, Boston, D.C. are all kind of squashed together. Uh, you get out west and, yeah, it's sometimes four or five hours in between uh, significant cities. So it's kind of nice when you get a ride. And just, you got a really good chance of getting a good four or five hour ride sometimes out west. Uh, so I'm not going to go exactly state by state, but just kind of regions and uh, generally talk about this, like Hitchin, uh like, uh, I guess I'll start with the west. Um, so I-5 is the major north-south that runs through California, Oregon, Washington. Uh, major trucking route. So depending on where you're at, there's a good chance you get a truck that might be going the whole distance of the thing. Um, I'll start with like my least favorite place to hitchhike uh, in the world, I guess, actually, which is Los Angeles. It's a freaking disaster down there. Uh, there's just roads, major interstates, highways, roads going everywhere, huge urban sprawl, just all the cities just collide into each other. I just call it all LA. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not fun. I've been there for hours or the better part or all day just trying to get out. Uh, it's it's congested, like I said, but there's, there's places where there's just no room to pull over, so you could be standing on an on-ramp and it's just... There's nowhere to pull over, so the only way you're going to get a ride is if a car just stops traffic behind them, which has happened, and people do it, and you know sometimes there's some honking involved and sometimes not, but you got to wait. Uh, as far as walking on the interstates, that's one place where you're really probably not going to get away with walking on the interstate in L.A., because uh, there's a lot of cops, and they'll, they'll stop you, and it is you know way more dangerous in L.A. than it would, say, be in the middle of nowhere on the interstate with a big shoulder. So they do kind of have a point there in, in stopping you. Um, yeah, narrow shoulders. So it's kind of a pain. It really sucks to get stuck in L.A. If you can, if you're heading north, uh, if you have a friend, for example, who has a car, that maybe you're 
staying with that can give you a ride or if you want to look into the public transit you want to aim for Santa Clarita which is I don't know if you'd call it a suburb but I guess it's not technically LA it's but it's the like kind of the last town on I-5 uh, of note and if you get there to the north of that town there's a McDonald's there and that is the spot to hitchhike if you can get there via bus or via friend uh, you'll be pretty golden. There's trucks that get on and that on-ramp right there. Uh, it's kind of the last fast foodie kind of stop at McDonald's. And there's some other spots. If you get there, you're pretty much going to get a ride to the Bay Area or Sacramento or at least uh, Bakersfield. So if you can get there, that's, that's where you want to be. You definitely don't want to be in the thick of Hollywood or something because it can take a while. Uh, down towards San Diego... There's like a little gap kind of between Orange County and San Diego where it's a little bit easier to, to hitch rides here and there. Uh, once you start moving up, California, I've never been a big fan of hitching in and out of Sacramento, but it's it's better than L.A. And once you get north of Sacramento, things become a lot easier. Uh, things are more spaced out. If you're hitchhiking in Northern California, especially close to the coast or anywhere in the sort of Emerald Triangle, it's just a lot of like weed growers and more laid-back people and forests and stuff like it's probably going to be people who want to smoke you out or something or <laughs> a lot of that uh, if you're there actually in september or october you got a good chance of landing a, a trim job it's a marijuana harvest kind of time uh right now actually when i'm recording this a lot of years at this time i've been out there trimming uh and there's just a lot of people out there with uh gardens so a lot of work to be found, so you might run into that. Um, yeah, but easy rides, and that kind of blends up in Oregon along the coast. That coastal road is really nice. It's pretty slow, but if you're just chilling and want to see beautiful things, which I'm sure you do, uh, check out the whole coastal road all the way up California, Oregon, Washington, uh, PCH. It's uh, shut down at the moment. There's been some landslides uh, around Big Sur, but the rest of it, uh, you'd be you'd be fine. Um yeah, all the way on up to Washington, not so bad. I-5 uh, through Portland. Portland's another big city. Be a little tricky, but uh, you'll be all right. Uh, the middle of Washington, lots of trees, lots of beauty. Again, that's kind of the rule of thumb, as it were. Uh, pretty easy to catch rides there, too. Then uh, once you start getting towards Vegas, I, like I said earlier with the breakaway kind of stuff out west, once you break out of LA, if you get to the fringes of LA, it's easy to hitch a ride to Phoenix, for example. Not a ton in between, and it's a major route, so you could easily make it from LA to Phoenix in a day if uh, if you're on the outskirts of LA. Like I said, it's easy to get stuck in the thick of that. Uh, same thing with Vegas. If you're on the outskirts of LA, you're almost definitely going to get to Vegas in a day. And hitchhiking out of Vegas, uh, you could get to Salt Lake City in a day pretty easily. Obviously, get down to LA, you get from Vegas to Phoenix in a day. Um, from Phoenix, you could get to LA in a day. You could get from Phoenix to Vegas, Phoenix to Tucson, of course. Tucson's just a little bit south. Uh, Phoenix is a big, spread out city as well, like really spread out, like takes more than an hour to drive across it. Uh, with traffic and everything else. The the one good thing is that the, 
the highways there are pretty new, pretty good roads. So most of the on-ramps, there's plenty of room for cars to pull over. So even if you kind of like have to inch your way across, at least it's not like LA where there's uh, nowhere for people to pull over generally. So you got that going for you, but again, it's, it is a big spread out city, so it can be tricky, but a little bit easier than Los Angeles. Um, and yeah, heading east from there, LA, you got I-10. So the way the interstates work is there, even numbers go east-west, odd numbers go north-south. And that starts with I-10 across the bottom of the country all the way up to I-90, which starts in Washington. That'll take you all the way to Boston, actually. Um, but yeah, I-10, that starts heading towards uh, all the way through Texas, actually, New Mexico. And roads like that, I-10 and I-40, you are gonna most likely get a really long ride if you keep on hitching that. Like, if you're trying to get all the way to the East Coast, chances are uh, you're gonna eventually get a ride from a road tripper or a truck driver who's just going a distance. Uh, I don't think I've ever hitched east to west or west to east without getting one of the really long, like 500 mile rides or 1500 mile rides just coasting. And East Texas is just kind of empty ish for the most part along I 10. So once you get past El Paso, you might be getting all the way to, you know, like San Antonio or up towards Dallas if you're heading that way uh, fairly easily in a straight ride a lot of times. So you can kind of estimate it like that. Um, I-40 is kind of the same. There's a few more cities on there. So from Flagstaff is in Arizona on I-40. And yeah, a few more cities, but... You could, uh, Albuquerque's the next really big one. I'd say going east to west across the U.S. along I-40 shouldn't take you more than a week if you're cruising. You know, you're getting up early every day. Maybe you're camping on the side of the road or whatever you're doing. It should only take about a, about a week. I mean, and it could just take you three days. You never know. Until you know. Um, so, yeah, not, not so bad. Uh, kind of sticking to the west... Vegas, like I said, to Salt Lake City, fairly easy. You're probably not going to make it from Vegas to Denver in a day unless you're actually driving. Um, but it's possible because before you hit Salt Lake is I-70, which cuts over to Denver. And also there's a lot of, I want to say nothing, but not a lot of big cities. So once you're on I-70, there's a pretty good chance someone's going all the way to Denver or at least well on the way. And it is long, mile-wise, but, yeah, there's, like, Grand Junction. There's a lot of beautiful spots, too. You might get some uh, rides from people going to national parks or maybe you actually get rides from locals. But, yeah, that's kind of a breakaway section there from I-15, which is the road from Salt Lake to Vegas. Yeah. Um, Salt Lake City, that's another city that's fairly easy to catch rides within uh, people are pretty friendly there there's the whole Mormon culture there in Salt Lake City and they're uh, pretty prone to pick up hitchhikers I've noticed so even within the city you're bound to get those rides that sometimes those 10 and 15 mile rides are lifesavers you know just to get you out from the center 
more to the edge of the city where you're going to get your road trippers and your breakaway rides. So I've never really had a hard time hitchhiking out of Salt Lake City. Um, if we go up towards Idaho, Idaho also is pretty easy to, to hitch around in. Interstate's going through there. Montana, same thing. I mean, it's wide open in Montana. I believe that's another state where it's legal to walk on the, the highway as well. And I, I always prefer to walk up on the interstates if possible just because every single car going will, will see you. And the argument against it, uh, if you eliminate the police aspect, like I say, it's kind of a non-issue in Montana. The argument is that uh, people are going so fast, like especially when I'm in Europe, like nobody even considers walking on the highways there. I've, I've noticed when I talk to other hitchhikers, I think it's crazy. Or when I've hitchhiked with people in Europe and I opt to go down on the interstate, people are like, what? They're going so fast, I can't stop, it's impossible. But I don't know, that's just kind of like a, something to say. Like it sounds accurate, like that makes sense. They're going fast, I can't stop. But people do all the time. So especially if it's a long straightaway, they can see you for a while and... Generally, if someone's going to pick up a hitchhiker, they'll do it. <laughs> so they'll see you and they'll know. And maybe it takes until they get close enough to actually see your eyes, get make their judgment of you, and then stop. So I've definitely run pretty far, too, like <laughs> close to 100 yards where it takes for someone to actually slow down and stop. But trucks in particular, because it takes them a while to break. But people stop for me on the highway going 80 miles an hour all the time. Uh yeah, so it's nice when you can actually walk up there. Um, the Dakotas, pretty much the same as Montana in that regard, and those are also long stretches where you're really bound to get rides that are going all the way through South Dakota or all the way through North Dakota. Not a lot of people have reasons to, to stop in those states. There are some, some towns up there, obviously, some cities, but you might get people going all the way through. Um Nebraska, geez, that's a perfect example. You're going to see a lot of corn in Nebraska along I-80 and Wyoming too. Uh, not so much the corn in Wyoming, but just it's barren. Uh, so you're going to get these super long rides. I've gotten plenty of rides that are just burned straight through both of them, you know, uh, that whole area. Uh, Kansas, same thing. Next to uh, Colorado, you'll get rides that'll blasts right through Kansas on I-70. Uh, I-70, like I said, goes through Denver. Um, yeah, hitchhiking around Denver. Again, big city, but people are uh, apt to do it. And north of Denver, you start getting into like, your boulders and your Fort Collins, and yeah, pretty pretty easy to hitchhike around there, too. And uh, good hiking, too. should definitely stop if you're in Colorado. Um, yeah, kind of heading east a little bit more. Things start to get a little bit more congested. Like once you get past Nebraska and you get through Iowa, which is also usually pretty much a breeze. Uh, a lot of people driving straight through Iowa. And these are major, major routes. You got truckers constantly going across the country on your I-70s, your 80s, your I-40. So you might get a ride all the way through. Uh, Chicago gets way congested too. That can be kind of a tricky one, mega city, you know, but hitchhiking to Chicago, it's a pretty big target, so you get there, relative ease, um, and then down to Indianapolis, 
Uh, also pretty congested. I've usually had good luck getting out of Indianapolis and into it. Um, but out east in general, rides tend to start becoming a little bit shorter just because there's way more cities and I guess targets I'd call them that potential drivers that'll pick you up are going to. So, uh, yeah, it just gets a little choppier. Depends what you're doing. Maybe, I mean, I'm coming at it from the angle, like you're hitchhiking all the way across the country. But if you're just going from Chicago to Indianapolis, like you're good to go. Sort of the rule that I use in the U S or anywhere is, uh, if it's 300 miles is something that you could probably do in a day, uh, like a long day, like a good day. And it just depends on how many cities are in between where you are and where you want to go. And that's why I say the East Coast takes a little bit longer because they are closer together. Uh, Michigan, once you get in the north part of Michigan, real easy to, to hitch around up there. Uh, the Upper Peninsula in particular, uh, it's just a lot of trees up there. <laughs> so it's kind of beautiful up there too. Uh, so not so bad. But yeah, once you start getting towards like New York, Philadelphia, all the way over DC, things are just a lot more pressed together. So yeah, a little little tricky. I'm not a big fan of hitchhiking in the the Northeast, at least that part of it. Like the far Northeast is great once you get up into New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine. It's just beautiful. Things are a little bit more spread out, so to speak, and. Uh, more country roads you can get on, fewer interstates to deal with to an extent. Um, so yeah, most people have a pretty easy time hitchhiking up there. And uh, yeah, 300 mile rule or five hour, like a five hour drive. I guess that might be a better way to put it. Like if you Google directions something and it says five hours or less, you'll probably make it in a day in most cases. And that's like, if you, you know, get a relatively decent, decent start. And obviously in the summertime, it's a lot easier because you got extra hours of daylight. Um, yeah. Uh, besides New York city, the rest of New York also pretty easy to hitchhike. New York's full of forest, uh, a lot of it. And yeah, just forest means good times hitchhiking <laughs> usually. So getting down the East coast, there are a lot of cities, but I-95 is the big uh, north-south that goes from Florida all the way on up, and it's just a major, major road, so you'll just see license plates from all over when you're on that highway. So if you get to a, a truck stop or a good busy spot on I-95, you do have a pretty good chance of getting uh, a long ride, a uh, real long ride. So. Uh, you just got to get kind of lucky though sometimes because there are all the cities along the way, but it might take a lot of rides, but you'll get picked up fairly quick in between uh, in most cases. And then there's spots in between, in between the interstates where things get slower uh, just because there's not as much traffic on those roads, but yeah, not too bad in general. Uh, Florida... Florida's not too bad getting on down there uh, to the Keys. I've been all the way down to the Keys and up and down each coast. And there are a lot more towns and cities, so you'll get some choppy rides. But cutting across the state's usually fairly easy. Um, 
it's a little wonky sometimes in my experience, but yeah, not, not too bad. Um, and then as far as like culturally around the States, that was a little blip. Yeah. Culturally a little different. Like you can expect in the South hitching is not too bad. I mean, I just talked about how I hitched from North Carolina. Yeah, sorry for that glitch. Uh, North Carolina on down to New Orleans, or not New Orleans, uh, Biloxi. Rides are pretty quick, but yeah, it's called the Bible Belt. It's for a reason. I've definitely been preached at quite a quite a lot. So yeah, I don't know if that's an issue for you. Just be ready for that. It's going to be a lot of Jesus talk, and I don't know. It may or may not bother you, but I've been like. Has to be sworn into Christianity a few times, or people throw pamphlets at you down there. It's a fairly common experience down there in the South. Like I'd, I'd say, it's kind of like in California, you're just as likely to get a joint as you are to be offered a Bible or some sort of lecture in the South. So, yeah, whatever that bothers you, then just keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, that's. Kind of as much as I got to say about hitchhiking in the, the U.S., a lot of it's the same as Europe. Like wait times are pretty much the same uh, on a whole, on average, as they are in Europe, as they are in Asia, as they are in Australia, as they are in the U.S. In general, in grand terms, like usually 20 minutes you get a ride, uh, 20 minutes to 45 minutes, I'd say. Um yeah, so pretty fun. And also other things to not totally expect, but can happen are people are pretty nice. So you might get people offering to let you spend the night. That's, uh, I'd say, even more common in the U.S. I've had that happen than in parts of Europe or Asia. Uh, I mean, it happens all over the world, but people offer to take in quite a bit or I, I didn't mention it in the intro, but on the way to from North Carolina to Georgia, I had someone take me home to their family just to have dinner and then got me back on the road after dinner. Uh, dropped me off uh, a city over. That was really nice, actually. Met their family pretty quick. Um, yeah, so things like that are very, very common. And don't be afraid. <laughs> Uh, I know one time in West Virginia, I was hitchhiking with this friend and we had a guy like take us to his cabin in the woods in the middle of the night, you know, I'd get out and like open his gate and then go in and walked in his house. He had like shotguns here and there and, uh, but he's totally a cool guy. So, I mean, you could approach it like it was something starting to look like it was out of a horror movie or something, but in the end, it's just a dude who lives in a cabin who's nice enough to take some people in on a pretty cold night. It was actually snowing pretty hard that night. Uh, yeah, people are generally really, really nice. Uh, a lot of people offer you food just in general, like from the side of the road, you know, just stop at a fast food joint or something like that. That happens all the freaking time. And yeah, a lot, lots of, lots of travel magic to be had in the U S some, some side adventures as well. I mean, it's not like New Zealand, I guess. In New Zealand, these little side adventures would pop up all the freaking time. I get picked up by other travelers or something who are like going to some cool beach. And that doesn't happen as much, but 
yeah, it definitely does happen. So, yeah, that's kind of a broad overview of uh, hitchhiking in the United States. Oh, yeah, let me mention uh, weapons and guns and crap like that, because I forget that I keep bringing up Europe, because that's where I was most recently hitchhiking, but definitely not too common to uh, get into a car in Europe and somebody's got a gun in their glove box or whatever under their seat. Whereas in the U.S., especially in the South, uh, yeah, it's pretty common. I'd actually say, depending on where you're at in the South, like Alabama, Texas, one out of every three cars or every maybe half the cars, whatever. Someone someone might have a gun. I don't know. It depends. I don't actually know the, the figure on that, but I, it's just not not uncommon for someone to have a gun. But, uh, yeah, people, people got guns. Um, there's nothing to worry about, really. Just, yeah, people like to have their gun for security or safety or to whatever reason they got um nothing to worry about i've had people mention it like sort of as a warning to me and they'll either say it directly as a warning or just subtly they're like they might just mention the fact that they have a gun just to kind of like don't fuck around or they'll straight up say like yeah don't fuck with me i got a gun (laughs) i'm like yeah no worries i don't really don't really care um yeah, if you're freaking afraid of guns, just generally, if you just don't know what that culture is all about, then maybe that'll scare you. But yeah, no one's going to freaking shoot you. <laughs> Not unless you do something crazy. Uh, yeah, so that's that's that. Uh, I've heard people hitchhiking with guns too. Uh, I wouldn't do it because I don't know all the laws and I just generally trust people quite a bit. Uh, I don't even travel with a knife anymore uh the one time where i got like assaulted sort of so to speak well i got mugged was in peru by these uh, two guys well there's three of them but one was driving while the other two kind of held me down to take my money and phone and stuff and i realized then if i i didn't have a knife at the time then either but if i did they probably would have overpowered me taking the knife and maybe i would have gotten scratched or something so yeah just don't screw around with that um yeah so that's the United States, and yeah, hitchhiking is pretty easy, pretty quick, about a week across the country, no matter which way you go, uh, three days, north to south, a few days, not so bad. Um, yeah, west is a little more spaced out, easier to get the long rides, that's generally how it goes, so have your fun, hitchhiking in the USA, meet some cool people, hear all the stories a lot of different stories out there just like the rest of the world so enjoy yourself USA all right yeah hitchhiking in the USA Um, I'll be doing a lot of that here coming up tomorrow like I said hitchhiking up to Memphis gonna have some fun at the wedding my general idea is to hitchhike to Nashville after that uh, catch up with a friend there for a day or two up to Indianapolis to see another friend for a day or two or so and then I'll be racing to Wyoming I'll be house sitting there in Wyoming for pretty much all of November or at least a good few weeks of it so I might stop in St. Louis for for a day or two on the way I'm thinking and then uh, definitely stop in Boulder my brother lives there different brother than the one in North Carolina, uh, and then, yeah, pop over to Wyoming, but, uh, 
I'll catch you guys up on that as it's happening. And yeah, should be easy. Just since this episode was about hitchhiking in the U.S., I'd say I'm in Jackson, Mississippi, and I expect I'll get to Memphis. Uh, it's a three-hour drive, and I'll definitely get there in a day. From Memphis to Nashville will definitely be a day. Uh, Nashville up to Indianapolis should be just a day. There's only Louisville in between. I think it's about a four-hour drive, so as long as I get an early-ish start, if I get on the road before like 11 a.m. or something, before 10, ideally earlier than that, I'll definitely make it up to Indy in a day. Indianapolis to St. Louis, freaking day for sure. And then St. Louis to uh, Denver. Uh, I'm guessing it will take two days, but I could get one of those uh, long rides. That would stretch through Kansas City. I could make it in a day. It'd be a long day, a real long day, uh, but it's possible. Uh, yeah, that will be easy and fun. It's going to be yeah a lot of fun coming up. I'm really excited about the next uh, few weeks, few months few years <laughs> it's just gonna be good times all ahead uh yeah so the next episode will be recorded somewhere and you can listen to it wherever you are uh that's it everybody i will see you down the road with all my shit straight i'll get my big brain